It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you guys ready for bowl season. Now, while Texas A&M's season did not end on a proper note, losing their final two games to now number four Georgia and number two LSU, they already had clinched a bowl berth for the 11th straight season, second season under Jimbo Fisher, and will be playing somewhere between probably post-Christmas and the start of the new year. And today's episode, we're going to go ahead and look in to where they could be playing number one and also who they could be playing against. But before any of that, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies and at Aggies SI. Remember, Aggie Maven, a part of Sports Illustrated and the Locked on Podcast Network, have partnered together to give you another element of Texas A&M coverage. You can check out all of our great work, both written, audio, and visual at Aggies SI. You can also follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's really simple. I'm a mister. I'm Cole Thompson. That's my name. Put it together at Aggies SI, at Locked On Aggies, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. All right, so following the team's win over UTSA earlier in November, they had clinched a definite bowl selection spot. Now, where they finish, that would be up to the rest of the season. They'd go 1-2 and two down the stretch with a win against South Carolina, but losses against the Bulldogs and the Tigers to finish with a 7-5 and five record, tied for 6th with Tennessee in all of the SEC. So, with that in mind, there are several bowl games that are automatically ruled out, and those are the bottom of the SEC-type bowl games. Because they rank anywhere between the 3 through 8 range, they have a shot to go probably to what we would call a non-New Year's 6, New Year's Day bowl. Those are games that you see right around the same time as the New Year's 6 games, but they're going to be the earlier games. The games are probably going on on ESPN or CBS instead of going on on the big national Fox or something like that. So those games include the Gator Bowl, which can be found in Jacksonville, Florida. That will be played on January 2nd. You also have the Outback Bowl, one of the better bowl games for an SEC team that doesn't go to the Sugar Bowl or the At-Large At-Bid Bowl for the New Year's Six. That is in Tampa. You have the Citrus Bowl, which is in Orlando, Florida. That will be played on January 1st and is the earlier game. And then you have some smaller bowl games. And they're the other, the other three that you really look at would be the Liberty Bowl, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. That is right before the start of the new year. That's actually, I believe, the 31st of the year. Then you have the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, which is right outside of College Station in Houston, Texas. That game is played on December 27th. And then, of course, you have always that one bowl game that maybe you make because of how low your record was and how you finished. And that would be the Walk-On Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. So all of those games are probably where we're looking for Texas A&M to play their bowl game. Who they play, that's kind of up to where they play. So right now, when you look at it, because of the college football playoff rankings that were released last night, Alabama, coming in at number 12, almost automatically takes them out of the New Year's Six conversation because now they rank fifth of SEC teams. You have number two right now being LSU. You have number four right now 
being Georgia. One of them is going to fall either to four, one's going to move up, or Georgia's going to move to like eight when they officially release the final rankings. You have Florida coming in at nine with a 10-2 and two record. They're going to probably stay put there. And the surprise pick of all last night, Auburn who beat Alabama by three points, no matter how you say it. And yeah, I'm a little bit angry because I am an Alabama alum and everyone knows you don't give a team when their clock is running a chance when they don't have a timeout to spike the ball. One second. No. That they should have never gotten the field goal. The game should have gone to overtime. But that's not here nor there. They come in at number 11 with a 9-3 and record. Alabama coming in at number 12. With that in mind, that now probably pushes one team into the conversation for that New Year's Day non-playoff New Year's Six Bowl. Alabama's going to be one and Auburn's going to be another. So now when you look at those numbers, you have to think there's one more game that's guaranteed that day, and that's going to come down to probably either A&M or Tennessee. Tennessee finished the season off on a strong note, winning five of their six last games to become bowl eligible, and they won their rivalry game against Vanderbilt. That's a positive in the Volunteers' favor, who could be going now to the Gator Bowl on January 2nd. If that's the case, then what AM would probably do is they would be in line to go play in the Texas Bowl right outside in Houston, Texas. If they do that, they will be facing off against a Big 12 opponent instead of facing off against a Big 10 opponent. I personally think that AM is a better team than Tennessee. I do. I think Tennessee had a very good stretch down the end of the season, but AM is a better team. I think that they field a better roster, and I think that they are going to be a more competitive unit to face on a New Year's Day type bowl. That's just my personal opinion. If that's the case, they're going to face off against a Big Ten team. We're going to preview those Big Ten teams real fast, but let's just real fast just say, for some reason, the committee's like, we weren't impressed with AM at the very end of the year. The games they lost, they were blown out by against Alabama. They It wasn't a real match, even though the score doesn't say it against Clemson. They were dismantled by LSU, and they couldn't get those wins over Auburn and Georgia. We're going to put them in the walk-on Independence Bowl in Shreveport. There are several teams that you can look at that probably fit that bill. Some of the smaller schools you could see, maybe a Southern Miss would be there. Maybe a UCF would be there. Right now, UCF is projected to play in the Gasparilla Bowl, which is on December 23rd, while Southern Miss is actually expected to play in the Independence Bowl, which is on December 26th. If they were to go to a lesser ACC team, a team like Boston College or Pitt could be in the running for that spot in the walk-on Independence Bowl. You also have to look at other teams, maybe such as a UAB, maybe such as a Temple, maybe such as a, I would say, uh, a Marshall. Those are going to be the games that you see, and that's going to probably piss off AM to want to win even more. Personally, what I think everyone's waiting for is to see where a team like Kentucky or a team like Mississippi State goes. Wherever they go, that kind of helps narrow down the process of elimination for AM and Tennessee. And I keep going back to Tennessee because they have the same record. They both finished tied for sixth in SEC total play of teams. So they're going to be that final team buying for that bigger bowl game. So I think for a team like Texas A&M, 
they're going either Outback Bowl or Texas Bowl because of the fan base doesn't have to travel that far. College Station's only about an hour and 10, hour, 15 minutes away from downtown Houston. It's a very easy trip, and they know the opponents in the Big 12. They know that there's some rivalries there. And also for Tennessee, the game would be for them the either Music City Bowl, which is in Nashville, or it would probably be, in my opinion, the Outback Bowl. One of those two teams is going to move on while the other is going to probably be stuck playing in their home state. But we don't know who they're going to be playing against, what conference they're going to be playing against, and who are some teams that they could see. So we'll be back in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to listen to this. Guys, in case you didn't know, Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a free 30-day trial by choosing one audiobook and two Audible originals for absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash lockedoncollege. Listening on the go? Don't worry, we got you covered. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this ad and all other ads on Locked On Sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash sponsors. So go ahead and start listening to your audiobooks today. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you ready for bowl season. Guys, if you're not listening already, make sure you're downloading all of the Locked On Podcast at LockedOnPodcast.com. There's a ton of great information and style. College basketball season is right around the corner, and we're going to have you covered there. But with college bowl season right up approaching you're gonna want to know who's playing who and we have over two dozen college football podcasts including several national podcasts to help you prepare and get ready for the upcoming bowl season so make sure you check out all the great work for the college teams at lockedonpodcast.com all right, we're talking about bowl projections and where some teams could possibly go. Right now, let's just say that Tennessee gets the benefit of the doubt because they finish their season on a stronger note and they get the Outback Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or the Gator Bowl, whatever bowl. They get a bowl game that isn't one that AM is going to qualify for because they're going to be the last team. They're probably going to the Texas Bowl. If they go to the Texas Bowl, I think that there are two teams for sure from the Big 12 that they could face. And also, there's a third team that everyone's going to hope they can face. They're not going to, but you can hope they are. The first one I think that they can face is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State finished the year off with a 5-4 and four record in the conference play. They finished 8-4 and four overall. They have an impressive run game with Chubba Howard in the backfield. Chubba Hubbard. And imagine if it wasn't the Joe Burrow race and the Chase Young and even the Justin Fields kind of throwing it in there if you want to, or even uh, Tua Tunga Bailoa when he was healthy. Chubba Howard's one of the best running backs in college football. He's rushed for over 1,800 yards. He led the conference in rushing yards. He led the conference in rushing touchdowns. Redshirt sophomore could declare for the NFL draft. He could not play in this game, but the thought of him playing against the impressive Texas A&M defensive line is going to make a ton of sense, and it's going to be something that I think a lot of people would love to see. Also, throw in the location factor, and that kind of helps out with this a lot. Stillwater is only about a five and a half hour drive to Houston. College Station, 90 minutes or less. You have two fan bases who predominantly live in this Texas region, southwest, southeast, south central area of the country. It's not that far of a drive. Ticket sales would immediately go up. You'd be able to definitely market this game to a lot of fan bases 
Growing up in Houston and growing up around the area, I know that there are a ton of alumni who live from both Stillwater and College Station right in the fourth largest city in the world. It would be a fantastic game. You have a great run game versus a great run defense. You let some of the seniors go out. You have a passing attack from Kellen Mond against a weaker secondary in the Big 12. I could see this one working out very well. The other team that I definitely think could be in the conversation now is Kansas State. Kansas State in their first year under Chris Kleinman, I thought they did great. I thought the transition from what Kansas State was going to be with Bill Snyder and what they've done for almost two decades to what Chris Kleinman, former North Dakota State, FCS champion, what was it, four or five years in a row? What he did was great. They finished 5-4, and 8-4 and four record, 5-2 and two at home. They impressed. They have a very similar style of play to what I think is Oklahoma State and Texas, a little bit mixed. They have a good passing game. They can run the ball. I personally think that their defense was better than most. When you look at their schedule this year and you look at the losses that they had, a lot of them pretty close. They had a big-time win over Mississippi State at the beginning of the year. They don't really have any upset losses outside of the one to West Virginia. They got a big upset win this past weekend over Iowa State winning 27-17. They were able to beat teams like Texas Tech. They were able to win games. They actually beat also, everyone forgets this one, they beat Oklahoma. This is a very good Wildcats team. And unfortunately, an 8-4 record in a conference that I think is a little underachieving overall isn't going to get you far. It's not. And, And the reason is I think that you have other teams that are also going to build a little bit more of a revenue because Manhattan, Kansas is something that not a lot of people talk about. It's not a destination location for people to go to. You don't hear people saying, oh, I'm spending the weekend in Manhattan, Kansas. You hear people talk about Austin that way. You hear people talk about even Oklahoma City that way. You don't hear it that way. So I think that this is where they're going to fall into categories. And I do think that it would be a very good matchup. I think it'd be a very fantastic game for both teams. Manhattan, I still think, is close enough to where you could make that drive. People would want to go see it. People would want to be involved in it. The Texas Bowl is a really fun bowl game overall. I've been to it a few times. I've actually worked it a few times. I think that this would be a matchup that a lot of people would be very intrigued with, especially to see if Chris Kleinman, one of the better coaches in the FCS history, can transition in his first year and turn into potentially just one of the best coaches or underrated coaches in college football just in general. And finally, there's one other team that we could talk about that's not going to happen, but definitely should happen because the fans have deserved it, and that is Texas. Texas started the year off as a top 10 ranked opponent, kind of like AM. They were 10, AM was 12. They both finished the year with records below the mark. They both underachieved at times. They both lost games that they probably could have won. And so many fans out there have wanted to see the Lone Star rivalry return. This is the opportunity to Austin. It's a three and a half hour drive max with traffic. College Station, 90 minutes. They used to do this yearly. Every Thanksgiving, this was a tradition. And I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated. You can check out that story uh, on SI.com. That was one of our future stories during the Thanksgiving holiday. Imagine bringing this game back and seeing the fan bases reload. If the committee is smart, and if also the team, the the, the voters for the Texas Bowl want to bring in the biggest revenue they've ever seen, you say, we want Texas versus Texas A&M. That's how you get it done. 
Unfortunately, I don't see A&M signing on to do that. I just don't think that they would play Texas because of apparently two reports that we've heard over the last eight years. They've moved on from the rivalry. And since they moved on from the rivalry, they now don't have the, they now can control if they want to play someone. And, and there was a rumor about two years ago, I believe, when A&M was in its final year with Kevin Sumlin. They were going to have them play in this game, and it was going to be at the Texas Bowl. And AM said, "We will not play in this game. We will not go. We will not go to the bowl game." And they didn't. They ended up not going. They ended up going. I think it was to uh, the Music City, the Liberty Bowl, out in Memphis. If you want to sell, that's how you do it. You get this game going. It's not going to happen. But those are the three teams I could see happening. The order I see it happening right now is I think Oklahoma State would be the first option because Oklahoma State lost the Battle of Bedlam and they don't have really a big upset win kind of like uh, Kansas State does. Kansas State has the Oklahoma game in their back pocket and they've beaten an SEC opponent. They have that to their advantage to go to a bigger bowl game. And last but not least is Texas. I just don't see how Texas is going to be in that bowl game. I really don't. But that doesn't mean that AM is set to go play in the Texas Bowl. They still could make it to Florida and play somewhere on either New Year's Day or on January 2nd. And if that's the case, they'll be playing up against a Big Ten opponent. Who is that Big Ten opponent? You're going to want to stick around. We'll be right back. And you're going to want to listen. So don't go anywhere right after this. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Getting you ready for bowl season. All the games upcoming. Every single thing that you need to know about Texas A&M and some of the opponents they could face. We already broke down two of the games they could be playing in. And I really think that there's only one more that they could make it, and that would be the Gator Bowl. We broke down that they could possibly be playing in the Independence Bowl. We broke down they could possibly be playing in the Texas Bowl right here outside of Houston, Texas. And there's finally one more game, and that would be the Outback Bowl in Tampa, Florida. This is one of those games that a lot of people really enjoy and a lot of people really like because it's pretty much one of the better teams in the conferences, meeting up with another conference, pretty much top team. And usually these guys are ranked. Uh, with the way that the SEC is built this year, you're probably going to have three teams represented in the college football playoff, which means one of these two, three teams will not be ranked. And that's where the conversation goes back to where is A&M or Tennessee going to go. So let's say the committee looks at the Alabama game and they look at the Georgia game and they're almost comebacks. And they look at the Auburn game and they're almost comebacks. And you go, okay. We think that those losses early to teams like Georgia State are too unbearable for us to put Tennessee in a major bowl game. And then AM would get that nod. Who would they be facing? There's a few teams that I think could be in the running. I don't think they're going to make the cut, but I do think that they could at least be considered, mainly because of just the conference, not because of they're a good team or not. And th- those are, uh, I think, right now, Indiana. They finished with an 8-4 record, one of the best years under Tom Allen that we've seen in the past. Michigan State coming in at 6-6. Six and six. I think that they're more so destined for a like the Red Box Bowl or like the Cheez-It Bowl or something like that. Uh, Illinois, kind of same thing. They're coming in with a 6-6 six and six record. Maybe they're considered. I think that they're going to get another one of those games, whichever one. I think that Michigan State gets. I think that Illinois will get the other. Uh, and then you have Iowa coming in at 9-3. and three. I think that they are the team that you look at 
and they could be on the outside looking in just because of the team that I'm about to talk about. So the first team, Michigan. Michigan seemed like they were destined to be finally in the running for a real contention this year, and they just couldn't get it done. I mean, you look at what who they lost to. They had some tough games, but it was the final blow against Ohio State. That sealed the deal for them to not even be considered for a New Year's Six Bowl. 56-27. to J.K. Dobbins rushed for a career-high four touchdowns in the game. You look at some of the other games they played against. They lost to Wisconsin, who's playing in the Big Ten Championship this weekend. Probably, no matter what, if they win or lose, will be the representative of the conference in the Rose Bowl. You also got to look at a game like Army, where they had to go to overtime. Shea Patterson has struggled. He's shown some growth, but he's not looking like the guy that everyone thought when he was playing at Ole Miss was going to be considered a first-round draft pick. Overall, this would make a ton of sense. It's an underachieving Michigan team versus an underachieving Texas A&M team, but they're very historic programs. They meet up in Tampa. You see which offensive you know, player is going to take that next step. Is Kellen Mond going to be the guy? Is Shea Patterson going to be the guy? Can the Texas A&M secondary stop the actual decent passing task of Michigan? I think that's in the running. Number two, Minnesota. Minnesota has to be the best story in college football this year outside of maybe Baylor. Baylor, of course, was this team that was sanctioned for all the allegations with Art Bryles. And it never really, they never really seem to go back to it. They go and hire Matt Rule. They struggle last year tremendously. They don't win a game in the conference. And now they are a win away from potentially going to the college football playoff. I think that you can make an argument that Minnesota is just as promising for what they did this year. Minnesota is not known for as a football school. I mean, Jerry Kill was their last coach, and he was on average a 6-6 six and six team. They go out and they go get the hire from Western Michigan and P.J. Fleck. And what he's done for the program, which I honestly thought, I didn't think he was going to go there. I thought he was going to wait it out. Let's see what's going on with Brian Kelly. And they were going to hire him to Notre Dame, which I still think could happen, but this time to Florida State. They had some big wins this year. They really did. Uh, you look at the only big upset kind of loss was they almost lost to Fresno State. They had, they had to go to overtime. They won 38-35. But you got to look. They beat Nebraska big. They beat them 34-7. Illinois, 40-17. Rutgers, 42-7. Maryland, 52-10. They beat Penn State at home as a ranked team. Penn State was a top 10 team, and they won 31-26. Close game, but they won. Then you have the loss last week to Wisconsin, which takes them out of the conversation for probably a New Year's Six Bowl. I would love to see P.J. Fleck in the SEC. I really would. I think he's a great coach, and I think that if he was able to go ahead and beat a team like A&M in a bowl game, I definitely think that... He would get some offers. Maybe Arkansas, maybe Ole Miss, maybe Missouri. I don't think any of them are enticing, but I definitely think that he'd get an offer to potentially go to one of those schools. What he's done for a program like Minnesota and transformed it and turned it around is exactly what those schools need for their programs. And I would love to see him go to a team like Vanderbilt. I'd love to see him go to a team like South Carolina. I think he'd be a perfect fit out in South Carolina. I really do. I think that the row the boat method would be awesome. South Carolina is a team that I always have thought was better than what they've appeared. And I really thought Will Muschamp was going to be the guy. It's clear that he is 
at best a, a minimal guy. He's never going to take them to that next rebounding step. I just don't see them getting pretty much that bid. Uh, last but not least, I'm going to go with Iowa being the, the final team that would get that last New Year's kind of bowl game. Hawkeyes, uh, they're, they're a lot like Michigan in the sense of, you know, they start off the year pretty strong, but they can never get over that hump with Kirk Frenitz. That's just really it. They'll lose two or, two or three games in a year, finish 9-3, and three, and be either right outside a New Year's Six Bowl or right at a New Year's Six Bowl. But that's the best you're going to get. You're never going to see them take that next step. I think that this is the team where it's a lot like A&M. One of these few teams is going to be left out, whether it be Indiana, um, Minnesota, Iowa, uh, Penn State even. One of these teams is going to be left out of the conversation while the other one gets in. And I think what's really going to help decide that is how many teams from the Big Ten are going to be represented in the New Year's Six Bowl. I think if there's four teams that are fighting for three spots, and there may be only two. And Ohio State's one, because they will definitely be in it. Wisconsin is another. I think they will definitely be in it. I think then you make the argument for both Penn State and Minnesota. Can one of those two potentially get in at an at-large bid just a game like the Orange Bowl or a game like the Fee, uh, not the Fiesta Bowl, maybe like the Sugar Bowl or uh, maybe even the Cotton Bowl? Could one of them be that team? And if so, that opens up the door for Iowa to sneak into a, t a game like the Gator Bowl. Uh, you look at these two programs, they both underachieved. I definitely think Iowa is a better team right now overall. And what we've seen under the Kirk Ferentz era and how many games that he's been able to get upsets, it's a lot like Jimbo Fisher in the sense of they're going to get that one big win every year. And if they don't get it, well, then something went horribly wrong and it was probably due to injuries or something else. I very much do believe that this team, this Iowa team, would give AM fits. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Podcast at Aggies SI. Check out all of our great work at si.com slash T-A-M-U. If you want to follow me on social media, it's really simple. I'm Cole Thompson. I'm a Mr. Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow's show, we will be recapping some of the biggest news coming out of College Station, both in football and in basketball. This has been Locked on Aggies. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, gig me all. This has been... Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.